Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. After hours edition, because it is 11.24 p.m. I have not seen this time of night in a while. At least not in, like, a way in which I had to communicate with anyone other than my equally sleepy husband. Yeah, I was up this late last night watching the Americans season finale, and I was only communicating yes, I was with you on Slack and you were sleeping, so it was kind of a one-way conversation <laughs> that was all caps, only you know, for me. I feel me. like that happens at least once a week, to be honest. It's usually when I have too much wine once a week, but this week <laughs> it was just because I had too many feelings. You did have a lot of feelings. You know, I was in bed at like 9.15 last night. I noticed because you didn't text me. I just know things sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, we know too much about each other based on our texting patterns at this point. Yeah. But it's very healthy. Like, no one's ever typically like, are you alive? Are you there? Oh, sure. Sure, Only, like, you once say every, that. Once every, like, three to six months that happens, but, like... No, I think it's more often than that. Regularly, we just kind of know. That's true. Implicitly, because we're of one mind and one person, arguably. <laughs> so poetic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have just been our wedding vows. <laughs> oh. Anyway. So that happened. Let's leave our feelings aside. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we do this show for. No. Oh, Lord. Um. So... We're going to talk about television because the TV thing happened last night. It did happen last night. To Kelsey, primarily. Yeah, we're continuing on our theme from last week of Kelsey is delighted by content inexplicably. (laughs) (laughs) Because Kelsey has had the best week in content. I have. And, like, it's not that I'm always disappointed in content, but I'm just so particularly delighted by content this week. I mean, I think if you were always delighted by content, the show would have no teeth. That's true. It's really true. You know, like there would be no purpose to what we do if you just loved everything unconditionally. Right. Specifically with this one, I've spent a little bit more time on the internet because I know people have been more like in my camp about it. And <laughs> I think everyone is delighted, which just like builds the delight factor. Yeah, when everyone's happy with it. Yeah. I'm so happy. As Kelsey alluded to earlier, that would be the series finale of The Americans. It is the series finale of The Americans. And then we're going to go back to an old favorite that we really haven't talked about in a long time, which is a Hate mm-hmm. Watch IRL. Yeah. I'm fresh off of a road trip of the Eastern Seaboard. And as one does when they spend a lot of time on the highway, I have eaten some questionable food. <laughs> Worth noting that Kirstie is also pregnant and has some weird cravings about Taco Bell. There's, I, yeah, for some reason, this weird baby has decided that I've got to eat fast food, particularly of the Taco Bell variety. And let me tell you a thing about living in bumfuck Vermont. We ain't got no Taco Bell. Nope. So we're gonna address that. Also, so we're gonna we're gonna address that. We're gonna talk about other chain type restaurants. I don't know. None of we're which are Russian, as far as I'm aware. But <laughs> but who knows? There's no real through line between our two topics today. But we're here for it. So I guess we are your through line. <laughs> <laughs> you choosing to listen to our voices is the through line. It's a grab bag today. Yeah, but it's a good one. Kelsey actually watched content. I watched no content, but I did live in the world for a little while. Kirstie needs some time to, like, come back to reality, so I'm just talking at her. It's fine. We already did this with Solo. We're going to do it again. You know what, though? It's got to be a nice break for the good people out there, because 
Usually that's my job. It is sometimes your job, but yeah, I'm happy to take that burden on a week when I had such you... such a positive experience with content. So much to say. You, <laughs> you uh, uh, too many mixed metaphors. I can't finish the sentence. I know. Good it's job, right. Kelsey. It's I'm right. proud of you. Good job, content. <laughs> Good job, content. <laughs> Not all content, just some content, to be clear. Hashtag not all content. I'm going to hang that above my desk at work. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my God. All right. So. So talk to me about that good, good content. That good, good content. Uh, (laughs) The Americans series finale was last night, and I had so many feelings. I have been probably watching it in real time for the past, like, two to three seasons. And I love it. It's great. It's amazing. I felt like it's had the appropriate amount of viewership and attention to the, like, the ratio was correct to the content. Uh, I think it's going to have more legs over time, but... It's not like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine situation from a couple weeks ago. I feel like they were given the ample time to tell their story the way they wanted to Mm. tell it. Yeah. And part of the Americans that ended up being kind of important in my viewing experience was the accompanying, like, podcasts that they've kind of produced between them and Slate. It's changed a couple times, like, who's kind of got ownership over that podcast, but they've had that all the way through. And the relatively, I guess, impressive potentially thing about that is that, based on my experience in a completely different genre, um, (laughs) they have had access to scripts, showrunners, actors, producers, you name it, they've had access to on that podcast and I think it's helped really like build my confidence that these showrunners were trustworthy they were guiding us in the right place and they knew what they were doing is it the same thing as with Jane the Virgin where like you don't totally know where it's going but like you you have to trust that it's going where it belongs yes very much so um okay Jane the Virgin I feel like didn't require the podcast to do that this one kind of did no no It's written by, or written, created by someone who uh, was on the either CIA or FBI during the time that this is meant to take place in the 80s. So they come with a lot of, like, personal experience and um, desire for, like, attention to detail. And that has turned into something that's, like, both very... It's, like, genuine, it's accurate, and um, it's something that they, like, care personally about, which I feel like makes for something that's a little bit more polished and, you know, they they care a lot more than, like, maybe your average showrunner may, Mm -hmm. uh, because they have so many personal ties to it. And this is where I was going to throw shade at the Daves, because (laughs) they are called the Jays, it's like Joe... Weisberg and Joel Fields. Um, They are the showrunners of the Americans. They are, like, much better Daves, basically. Yeah. Um, They're still, like, kind of held on a pedestal, it appears like, in terms of, like, how that show is operated. But I trust them very implicitly, whereas, like, I don't trust the Daves at all, ever. So, (laughs) going into this... uh, series finale we knew two seasons ago that this is going to be the series finale so fx really gave them like the space to tell their story uh and said like you're gonna get two more seasons go for it do your thing which i love it sounded like they knew all along the path it was gonna take and knowing that i felt more secure but i was really like worried about what that meant and i'm gonna spoil but not spoil too much here because I secretly want Kirstie to watch it on her maternity leave. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also I think it's just it's just worth a watch and I think there's a lot of people who haven't delved into it yet. But they did something 
very satisfying with this finale that I was not expecting. Which is, uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> it's a lot of me talking at you. <laughs> I'm still here, don't worry. Good, good. Uh, they com- they're very often compared to Breaking Bad because both shows have a sense of, like, doom from the get-go. Because you know, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, you know Walt's probably gonna die somehow, right? Mm-hmm. The Americans, you know history. (laughs) (laughs) You know that Russia doesn't do so well here. Sure, until apparently 2018, but what? Uh, Well, you know, everything's weird. (laughs) Do you suppose the showrunners knew when they started that, like, shit was going to get so weird? They did not know, and they're very uncomfortable about it. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine that's, like, not totally, like, the turn you want your career to take. No, they're super squirrely, and they're like, uh, this is a program about the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it a lot before the finale when that, um, article was circulating about the Russian journalist who didn't actually die. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, like, pulled a full Rasputin. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> because everyone kept joking about it being like uh, PR for the Americans finale. It's great timing, honestly. It was good timing, but I was like, "Is that the joke the showrunners wanted?" Right. So the difference between the Americans and Breaking Bad—they're very similar in tone, but the difference that I found was that Breaking Bad has these like explosive, violent moments. Mm -hmm. The biggest of these is, like, in the series finale of Breaking Bad when... Have you seen it? Yeah. So when he puts that, like, machine gun contraption into the back of his car, he blows up the neo-Nazi group, blah, blah, blah. Very violent, very, like, action-packed. And then he dies at the end, and you kind of knew all along that's what was going to happen. And... Leading up to the American series finale, like, things get to a boiling point, kind of, and they leave a couple of different avenues, sort of, of, like, how this could end. It's not as clear as Breaking Bad. hmm But I love, and I'm so happy about what they chose to do, which is their entire 90-minute series finale, zero people die. Oh. And this is a show that is fairly violent. It's about spies who often kill people. Like, it's fascinating to me that they did not kill off a single character in the series finale. Well, and there was a lot of speculation going in that, um, like, at least one of the protagonists would die, right? Yeah, there was a lot of, like, will one of them kill the other? And blah, blah, Because they're yeah. a married couple right. throughout the show. Or, like, will their neighbor is an FBI agent? That's part of, like, the plot from the get-go. Will right. he kill them? Will he find out? Will they kill him? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. A lot of different variations on this. And what they come they came down to was the exact right answer for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't tonally change from what it's always been. Hmm. And as I was leading up to it, I was thinking about, like, various endings in which, like, one person kills the other, blah, 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 blah. Those are all very violent and not typical episodes of the Americans, right? Right. So it would have been a big departure for them, and I feel like they ended up, like, kind of skating their lane in a way that was so satisfying. (laughs) Well, because the point of the show has always been, like, part character study and part, like, weird story about marriage, right? Yes. So that's where it ended up, like, shining in a really nice way, was that at the end of the day, it's about, like, partnership and marriage above all else. Yeah. And that took a turn that I was not expecting in terms of, like, it just continuing to be, like, the theme. <laughs> right. Because they kind of play it as, like, one of them may kill their partner. Like, you don't know. It was very fascinating, and what I... um was particularly shocked by was how emotional it was. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you were shocked by that. Everyone was ready for it to be emotional. I wasn't. And I don't, I think it's because I went in thinking like there's one of three or four scenarios that may play out. 
Mm. And I thought I was very prepared for that. What I was not prepared for... I'm gonna... uh, I guess I'm gonna spoil. (laughs) Go for it. What I was not prepared for was the absolute gut-wrenching horror of these people giving up their children forever because of their career. And it was like, it was different than anything in recent memory that I've, I cry a lot at television. Yeah. (laughs) But. And have had a lot of reason to recently. Yeah. But like, it wasn't a Michael situation. Yeah. I wasn't crying hysterically, but it's a weird environment when you watch the show that you're like very tense and like you have a sense of doom always constantly and you're kind of like conditioned to be like this is how this show is yeah but they talk about how they have one child who doesn't know about them and one child who does Mm -hmm. and the one who doesn't know they basically say we're just not going to tell him because he won't get implicated Mm. And we're gonna, they're basically leaving town and going back to Russia. Gotcha. And they have like several family conversations about like, we're never gonna see our kid again. And I had these moments of just like, it was just like tears falling down my face, but I wasn't <laughs> like sobbing. It was just like yeah. happening to me. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I was like, what is happening? And then I listened to the follow- the official podcast this morning, and they were talking about it, and I was like, am I getting emotional in my car this morning? Like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> like that's how you're starting your work day. Yeah, and it was like, for some reason, the one thing that I didn't really see coming. Hmm. And... Some of the, like, actors who spoke in the podcast were saying the same thing. They were like, we can't stomach it. Like, we didn't think about it. Like, all this stuff. And it was really interesting how, like, that seemed to be the reaction. (laughs) That is interesting. But it was, like, just the most satisfying finale I've seen in such a long time. It was, like, so well done and so true to the whole show. And what they'd been building for six seasons. And it was so, so, so well executed. Did it feel like the last season was like an extended wind down? Um, it felt like the past two seasons were an extended wind down. So it wasn't all on the finale to like do the heavy lifting of tying everything up. No, because they had so much notice. Yeah. And it felt like, like last season was honestly one of the worst seasons of the show. That's what I've heard, that, like, last season gave a lot of people a lot of doubt. Yeah, so it was, like, every episode I watched this season, I was kind of, like, satisfied and happy and excited that they were, like, back on their path. Yeah. And then, because of, like, listening to the podcast and just, like, my f- experience so far with the show, I felt like it was gonna do the right thing, and it had to have that whole season five to build it up. To get to that season six. And I'm curious, like, I'm going to rewatch it and see how I feel about that. But yeah, this finale was exceptionally good. And it kind of just, like, solidified a lot of the themes about, like, partnership that it's had this whole run. Mm-hmm. That have been the undercurrent. Like, they, um, it ends up being just them again, like, kind of on their own against everyone else. Uh-huh. Even though they're in their, like, home country. Well, so isn't part of the thing that, like, one of them is, like, way more about the motherland than the other one? Like, they're both KGB, but, like, one of them's more pro-Russia than the other? Yeah, so there's a lot that happens over the six seasons that, like, changes that dynamic, but always throughout the wife- also, sidebar, I had a moment where I was like, I'm not going to see Carrie Russell's incredible hair every week. I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> it's my dream hair. Anyway, <laughs> she's always more into, like, the cause. And it's like, they're both very young when they get involved. So, like, it's almost like they're brainwashed into believing mm. in it. And then throughout the course of the series, it's kind of like an unwinding of that conditioning. Gotcha. Uh, especially for the husband, yeah. 
he also becomes friends with the FBI next door neighbor. Yes. Right. Like very genuinely so. Yeah. And that's one of the like very big like centerpiece scenes in this whole series finale is between them and him. Mm. And how that like confrontation goes down, specifically about their friendship. Gotcha. And they they also aren't like actually married. They're just spy married, right? Yes and no. So that's like the other big piece is like they start the show being spy married, but okay. having been so for a long time, they become like a real couple. They have kids. They you know yes. Over time, they become a real couple, and then there's this, like, probably the pivotal moment for the whole series is they have a secret wedding uh-huh. uh, through, like, the Russian, was it, like, Russian Orthodox Church? Mm. Potentially. Yeah, The sure. Russian Church. And that ends up, like, coming back in the series finale. The priest, maybe. The guy. <laughs> the church guy. Mm? Comes back and says, like, I've seen them without any disguises on. Uh. It's a whole thing. But their their marriage, like, their wedding ceremony is, like, very, very, um, like, important. It's a huge turning point. And it comes back a lot. So, like, one of the things in the series finale that I was crying about (laughs) (laughs) was they have a daughter who knows... And is, like, kind of indoctrinated into the KGB, like, way of thinking, which Mm -hmm. is a whole layered issue. But she ends up, they're on a train to Canada, and she ends up leaving at the border, and they see her go by on the platform, and that's how they know that she left, because they're all traveling sort of, like, separately. Mm. And the second they both see her on the platform... He, like, gets up and, like, goes and sits next to her and is, like, fuck traveling alone. Like, he doesn't say anything, but, like, gets up and sits next to her and is, like, this is part of, like, their partnership and their marriage. And it's all about, like, that bond being more than just their jobs. Gotcha. So it's all very romantical at the end of the day. Yeah. They got there. They got there. And also, like, I have a lot of feelings about, like... Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese. Right. And they're, like, the happenstance of, like, meeting your person, like, on a show and, like, all that stuff and, like, how that became a thing and how I think it sort of, like, enhanced their the show. Yeah. But also, like, yay, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> it is, like, a total luck of the draw. It is, and, like, they're... On the podcast, very frequently together, like on the same conference call, you can just pull a lot from that and know that, like, they're very much like people who are meant for each other. It's so wild because, like, I I already think it's like a a pretty uh, bold choice to work with your spouse, but they they like, met on the show. Well, sure, but. Then, like, you still end up, like, owning a house together and, yep. like, you know, it just, it, there's so much that you already share with a spouse that, like, also working with them seems like such a ball of wax to me. Because, like, when do you ever get some separation and, like, when do you ever stop having some form of conflict with this person or, like, not conflict in the sense of fighting, but, like, the constant problem solving. But then you add to it, like, acting, mm-hmm. which is such an intense profession and, like, comes with so many other, like, layers of nuance and in human interaction that, like, I feel like I, as just, like, a normal person, don't understand. So it's like you have to go and act and be these, like, different people during the day where you're having a romantical relationship and then you go home together to your child and you like live your life as a romantical people (laughs) i just like how much as a casting director do you like get extra points if they become like a long-term couple in real life (laughs) like if you're accidentally playing matchmaker right i wonder if there's some casting directors who have like a better track record with that than others probably that would be a really funny like 
industry insider thing to know. I know. I just, uh, they both seem very, like, normal. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, a a dumb thing to say because I'm not, like, disillusioned about (laughs) what famous life is like, but. Yeah. I enjoy Matthew Reese on the wine show. (laughs) Yep. Um, But I, I honestly do think that, like, it could have just been happenstance that, like, the story of the show lined up with everything else, but it certainly didn't take away from the fact that that's, like, the core of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was unique and nice, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> it almost sounds like there's some Outlander crossover. Always Outlander crossover. I know. Like, I guess, like, the simplest reach is that they're both stories about, like, really complicated and nuanced partnership. They have really hot boning, too, but it's it's meant for cable, not for stars. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly different type of hot boning. It's like, they go pretty far. They go as far as they can. Yeah. Fair enough. But it is very complicated. I am very, very satisfied with how they left it, though. That's good. You don't hear that often with series finales. Maybe not even with, like, Parks and Rec. Yeah, the the whole last season of Parks and Rec felt to me like a product of necessity as opposed to, like, effective storytelling. Yeah. This was just, like, so thought out. And not in, like, a... It felt a little like Mad Men or Breaking Bad, but, like, less douchey. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I think the real thing is, like, just not straying from the purpose of your show and the tone of your show. Yeah. For the sake of wrapping things up. Like, there are a lot of loose ends. <laughs> but right. it's, like, if you go back to, like, the core beliefs of your show, I think it ends up working out really well. That makes sense. I think that's valid. And it was great. And then I ended up crying for, like, an hour for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was all fine. Sounds about right. Yeah. I feel like that's its own kind of metric in your world. Especially unexpected crying. Yeah. There's a difference. Like, I don't think... The only other time I may have cried at the Americans is their wedding. And even that, I don't think I did. And we'll get back to that maybe in a future episode. But... <laughs> yeah. It's not a show I go into expecting to feel feels. Uh-huh. It's more like for the sense of, like, tension and doom and whatever like they build up a lot of other things but it's never been something that i've like cried about Mm -hmm. and there was like in the podcast i listened to today they were talking to carrie russell about it and she was like oh i took all the scripts and went to a a bar in the middle of the day to read them all and then i was trying to hide that i was crying (laughs) in public (laughs) that's really funny and it was just like, oh, God. And I don't think I was the only one. Some other people on Twitter were, like, tweeting their pictures of themselves crying. Like, it was a whole thing. Yeah, I definitely saw that there were feelings on Twitter. There were more than expected. But overall, yeah. like, just extremely well executed is my final comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Good job, content. Good job, content! It continued my week of content delight. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to be so sad for you when we go back to, like, what we traditionally do and start the search for, like, this year's bad summer TV because, like, this week of delight will fall into the rearview mirror. In related news of content delight, there are new episodes of Grand Designs on Netflix. I want everyone to know that's a thing. (laughs) This was so critical that she sent my mom a red alert about it before she sent one to me. Because your mom appreciates Kevin McLeod more than you do, believe it or not. That is not true. It may be true. I don't think it's true. I don't know. I was telling Kirsty though, that... <laughs> Maybe this is TMI. Um... <laughs> I was proposed to and 
got a VPN to access all of 20 years of Grand Designs on the same weekend, and I still am not sure what I feel more strongly about. <laughs> that That's, like, a pretty big show on on your partner's part there. I feel like the VPN was part of it, right? Well, I mean, he's owed you that for, like, six months now. Right. You know, since he casually fucked up your internet, like, last fall to set it <laughs> up. <laughs> and our internet has never been the same. But if anyone wanted to know, I have access to every Grand Designs of all time, and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also getting married, but that's a side effect. Side of <laughs> but that's just, like, cool, too. Right. <laughs> There's a grand design with some man who's building a cave as a I mean, home. Like the thing of it is, is like you were gonna get married with or without the VPN, so the VPN just ends up being a nice bonus. <laughs> I'm a dick. Oh well, you're a dick, but that's what he signed up for. So I know. <laughs> I know. <sighs> so aside from content that delighted me, yeah. We have another thing to talk about today. We sure do. <laughs> Update is 11.58 p.m. and we are still awake. We're still here somehow. Somehow! I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I'm going to be very cranky. I have to teach someone how to knit. <laughs> Good luck to me. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about something that may make you cranky and may not. Yeah. And that is... Chain restaurants. Chain restaurants. Full disclosure, <laughs> friends of the podcast. <laughs> Our original inspiration podcast before even ATV, which is Pop Culture Happy Hour. Yeah. Put out an all call for topic ideas, and we stole like half of them. We Yeah, the, the, a bunch of their listeners put shit on their Facebook, and we were like, oh, good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the public domain now. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to give you all that content anyway, so we might as well do no. it. Yeah, we're going to do it. I think in many ways, we're better suited to most of this content than they are. I agree. They just don't know it yet. Right. So, sorry. these are all, like, professional writers on, like, NPR. Yeah, NPR isn't about to talk about chain restaurants. No. Or maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe they are, but it. I think. I think there's something that we bring to the table that they don't. Perhaps is that whiskey or wine? I would say it's like the whiskey and the wine and the curse words. Good. So exactly the combination I'm working with tonight. Great. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this fucking podcast. So yeah, we're. So these are some some places that you can eat. Um. <laughs> What a compelling intro. <laughs> I'm Bert Happily. <laughs> we finally got there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. All right. Oh my god, you guys have missed a lot of a stuff lot. <laughs> behind the curtain here. Anyway. So anywho, um, so I guess I'll, I'll start this off by saying that I live in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. and so we don't have a lot of chain places up here. They also don't have it's a Target. Like, <laughs> we're, we're getting one. But you haven't had one to date. <laughs> we have not had a Target. Uh, we also used to have more chains than we do currently, and a bunch of them left because of some, like, local drama. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, we were in Charleston, South Carolina last week, and we walked past a West Elm, a Pottery Barn, and a Williams-Sonoma all on the same street, and my husband did not know that those were physical stores. Oh, so we're now beyond chain restaurants here. Well, I know. Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm making okay. a point. All right, all right, all right, fair. <sighs> um, yeah, he literally didn't know they were physical stores. Although we did used to have, like, as of two years ago, a Pottery Barn and a Williams-Sonoma that we had had, like, for all of my childhood. So 
that's just like what we're the landscape that I operate in mm-hmm. in this like strange world of mine. Also, it's to an extreme where when I was growing up, um, so I I live on the western part of the state, so we border New York, and uh, so a lot of the TV commercials are for other states. Like, not necessarily for Vermont. Mm -hmm. So we would get a lot of commercials for, like, Sonic or Chuck E. Cheese or DSW Mm -hmm. or, like, places that they had in, like, Plattsburgh, but not here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I was about 13 or 14, I decided that uh, once I was college age, I was going to take a road trip of the country to go to all of these places that were advertised here but didn't exist here. Oh, your road trip and to DSW. <laughs> the reason it never happened is because I moved to Boston. Oh. And in the first week, I went to, like, a 7-Eleven, a DSW, mm-hmm. a Sonic. Like, mm-hmm. I drove by all of these places and I was suddenly like, oh, these are not, like, mythical destinations spread out across the world. No, they're not. <laughs> There's millions of them, and everybody else has access to them except for me, and also they they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> Generally true. Target yeah. being the exception. <laughs> oh, Target. Oh, Target. So that is, like, that's that's what's happening in my world as we enter this conversation. It also means that in my adulthood... I have a generally negative regard for chain restaurants. I don't know how to frame up how I'm entering this conversation. (laughs) Mainly as someone who has been exposed to most chain restaurants, but has a tendency to dislike them. Yeah, most of them are bad. They are bad. I was given fair exposure to, like, local, as well as chains. Yeah, What's your number one chain restaurant? That I, like, enjoy eating at? Yes. Well, so in terms of, like, fast food, the only place I eat is Subway. Mm-hmm. And that's for, like, a few reasons. Mostly it's because with if I'm in a position to eat at, like, a fast food restaurant, it's the middle of the day. And, like, I still have to be able to go to work and, like, run around on a playground and I'm not going to do that if I eat, like, a Big Mac or some shit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, Subway is, like, significantly cheaper than yes. a lot of fast food restaurants. For sandwiches, yeah. Yeah, I, like, didn't appreciate it until this road trip. It It's cheaper than, like, McDonald's, even. Mm-hmm. Like, we, granted, it could have been location-based, but we went to a McDonald's and spent, like, $15. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's McDonald's. <laughs> Like, get out of my face, Mickey D's. Mm-hmm. I also haven't had McDonald's in probably, like, ten years or something crazy. Yeah. And this weird baby keeps telling me, has been telling me since the beginning that I need McDonald's. And, like, I have a McDonald's right down the street from me. I've just been refusing to do it. Right. So we had a day on this road trip where, like, for a variety of reasons, the only choice was McDonald's. And I ate it. And immediately, every single fast food craving I've had for the last, like, seven months or however long it's been, went away. There was a beautiful sequence during the American series finale about McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) I just found the through line, yes! We found it! (laughs) It was amazing, and they went as a family before they went over the border... And one of them goes in, and they look at a normal family eating at McDonald's, and they look at their spy family in the car, and they're like, oh, God, what have I done? It's a whole thing. (laughs) Anyway. McDonald's as symbolism. Symbolism. (laughs) It felt a little like a Mad Men ripoff, but you know. Totally. Totally. That's okay. That's super, super funny. So, yeah. Do we count, like, coffee places as chain restaurants? Like, Dunkin' and Starbucks? Yeah. Right. 
Good to I, know. Um, I don't like Starbucks. And you know what? My particular Starbucks up here are all the worst. I've heard that from you. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a few things at play here. One of which being that I worked for Starbucks for <laughs> mainly a hot your while. PTSD. So it it's related to that. And I worked in I worked for the company in both Boston and here. Mm-hmm. And so like you know, I just I have a, a broad range of experience and a broad range of memories. I don't hate Starbucks, but I it's also not my first choice. Yeah, I just I don't, I, Starbucks just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. <sighs> I'm a New Englander, so I am a Dunkin' regular through mm-hmm. and through. So, it was interesting on this road trip because we had a few mornings, most of the time we were able to, like, eat a normal breakfast at, like, a restaurant. hmm But we had a few travel mornings where, like, we had to be out of the hotel super early, and I, the first morning that that happened, I had chosen to get breakfast at Dunk's. Because I, like, I don't eat at Dunks very often, but, like, if I have to, I will. hmm And so the next time that it happened, we had a Dunks and a McDonald's next to our hotel, and I gave Lauren the choice, and he chose Dunks. Like, extremely willingly. He was like, dear God, don't make me go to McDonald's. Right, right, right. And I was, like, a little surprised by that, but I feel like all in all, Dunks ain't bad. It does the job. Yeah. Not yeah. well, but it does it. <laughs> it does it. It's like you are not going to starve. It's also like my classic hangover cure since, like, college. Yeah. I definitely relied on it more in college. Yeah. For sure. I also still like their hash browns. Like, I actually enjoy their hash browns. I know you do, because every time we go to camp on the 4th of July... <laughs> yeah. You request their hash browns. I get an iced coffee in their hash browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, they've got this like weird, like fake herb blend on them. <laughs> and you're just here for it? I don't know. I mean, if you're going to eat like a nasty salt nugget, <laughs> it's not the worst one. <laughs> I'm so glad for you. <laughs> but you're right. They're not bad. No, they're fine. So my favorite chain restaurant of all time is the 99, also known <laughs> as the Nines. Who calls it that? Many people I know. What? Mm-hmm. So Kirstie has a 99 minutes from her house and doesn't go there. Yeah, I hate the 99. I also have heard that 99s outside of, like, Boston Metro proper are bad. It's so, that, like, of all of the things to be regional. It is a regional a weird restaurant. One. Like, I don't think people in California have the 99. Oh. It's, I, a, it's an East Coast, like, North Northeast thing. Huh. All right. Um, I just feel like, like, if you think of, like, the Longhorn and the Texas Roadhouse, mm-hmm. and I'm going to lump, like, Chili's in there, like, I yep. feel like that's yep. all a tier. Yep. Like, the 99 is, like, below that. False. False. (laughs) Like, I don't think any of those are good, but I just feel like the 99 is, like, the, like, cheap version of, like, the Longhorn. Here's here's where I'm gonna make my case. Okay. At the 99, for a reasonable price, you will get the highest level of consistency that you can find, even if it's mediocre. See, that's what I like about Subway. (laughs) See? So, I go to the 99. If I want chicken nuggets and fries, it's going to be the exact same thing every time. They're never going to surprise me, and I'm okay with that because it's what I'm there for. But, like, why go to a sit-down restaurant for chicken nuggets and fries when you can go to Costco? Because they're better than making it homemade because you can pay, like, $9 for it and get it made for you. (laughs) And then you can get the big beers with it. Uh Uh-huh. There are 99 reasons to go to the 99. 99 reasons. 
None of them are because the food is amazing, but none of them are because the food is bad either. Mm, all right. <laughs> I didn't. The last time I remember going to a 99, I was probably like 13, and I had a chicken Caesar wrap, and it was inedible. I think you have to be smart about what you order there, but for the most part, they're trustworthy. Their burgers are fine. Their chicken like fried chicken is fine and mm. certain seafood is okay oh no 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 yes no if That's it has so risky fresh caught at george's bank on the little indicator thing then that is fine no 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 it's good i swear no gotta draw a line somewhere and seafood is that line i get haddock on spinach, and it's really good with fries. Ugh. Uh, all I'm saying is that every meal is, like, under $10, and it's good. Which, like, fair enough. You gotta have a place like that. Right? It sure as shit isn't gonna be the Olive Garden. No, it sure as shit is not. The last time I went to the Olive Garden, I was probably, like, 16 or 17, and got, like, some of the worst food poisoning I've had. They microwave all their food, and also I can cook pasta on my own for, like, $2 per person. Yep. So yep. sorry. Not interested. So we don't need you. No. Oh, that's not true. I went to an Olive Garden two years ago. I forgot about this. But why? I I was brought there. It was okay. not a choice. Okay, okay. Um, I, And that was also while I was traveling. Mm. I do find that most of the time in my adult life, if I'm going to go to somewhere chain-ish, it is not going to be at home. Even the ones that we have here. That's fair. We do the 99 at home, but, like, nothing else. Yeah. You don't have a ton of, like, restaurants and stuff in your, your space. In terms of, like, local, no. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. The one chain that has, like, broken my heart because it's not local enough to me is Wings Over. Oh, you know, I had a strong relationship with Wings Over when I was in college. I know it broke your heart, too. Yeah, and I have a completely different way. I have a Wings Over at home, and it has just gone to shit. It's so sad. It is so awful. It's so bad. We've gotten it a couple times in the last, like, year, and it's been, like, Every time we've gotten it, we've thought it started off thinking it was going to be a great idea, and then the food has come, and we've been like, this is the worst idea we've ever had. And, like, I hate Buffalo Wild Wings, so Wings Over was, like, a really good alternative. Yeah. But I'm sad that it's not good anymore. It is sad. We used to get their um, Parmesan garlic waffle yep. fries yep. with the cheese sauce. Mm-hmm. There is nothing, like... Knowing at 1 a.m. that there is a delivery driver on it, their way to you with cheesy waffle fries. It's true. Speaking of waffle fries, do you want to talk about our midway meeting point? Yeah. Which is Chick-fil-A. You know, I didn't go to a single Chick-fil-A when I was in the South. Wow. Isn't that wild? It is wild. It's the first time I've been to the South in the last few years where I haven't had a Chick-fil-A. I usually go out of my way to get a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's so funny. Although I'm getting one near me and it's going to be awesome. We had two different opportunities to get Chick-fil-A and both of them were on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> like, Chick-fil-A's you. biggest downfall. <laughs> Plattsburgh just broke ground on their Chick-fil-A. That's so nice for them. Did they also choose their traditional Christian signage? <laughs> It was not stated in the news story. Weird. I have decided that what I want to do at Chick-fil-A's is turn around their Christian signage whenever I go to the bathroom. (laughs) The first time I saw that, I was really alarmed, and I don't know why. Yeah, I was also taken aback. I was like, why is this happening to me? I'm just trying to pee and then have more (laughs) waffle fries. I don't know. Yeah. So I've had a few times where I've wondered, like, if I'm going to have to uh, end my relationship with Chick-fil-A. I'm just, like, waiting for something to come out about the company. And, like, please don't, please don't go out of your way to send that information to me. Yeah. It will make its way to me. Like, just 
let it be. I'm trying to it. live in denial because Chick Fil A is so good. They make they make good good chicken, so don't fuck that one up yet. Um, but the one time that I like started to get nervous about it, I was in the South and we were going through the drive through lane, and it was starting to rain, and there were like two attendants standing in the drive through lane, which is like a thing they yep. do at Chick Fil A. Yeah. I've never seen human beings standing in a drive through lane. <laughs> and so it was really alarming to me. And my friend has has lived in the South, so she, like, knows her way around a Chick-fil-A. And she was like, oh, yeah, they do that. And they're out here in, like, hurricanes and thunderstorms. It's great. And I was like, that does not sound great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can we maybe let these poor gentlemen go back inside? <laughs> there was a really excellent BuzzFeed article, like, maybe my BuzzFeed favorite content of all time about people who work at Chick-fil-A and about how they like bless the people that come in. Like there's all these funny stories about it. It was so amazing. (laughs) It was like things people have said to me at a Chick-fil-A before. Yeah. It seems like a wild work environment. Truly. The other fast food place that I have weird allegiance to is uh wendy's yes this has come up a lot recently yeah wendy's is my preferred fast food joint um outside of chick-fil-a because it's not prevalent around here yeah in these parts uh (laughs) up yonder right but wendy's is is always around uh i am friends with someone who worked at wendy's corporate and felt that after after knowing a little bit more about Wendy's corporate, I kind of felt more comfortable with, like, their food versus other competitors' food. I think that's fair. And so Wendy's is kind of, like, my go-to if I have to have fast food. I haven't been to Wendy's since I was probably, like, nine. It's, like, relatively tasty. The last time I came up to Vermont... I stopped at Party City in Nashua, nope, nope, in Lebanon, shouts to Party City <laughs> in Lebanon. <laughs> two, two summers ago, when I was there for yeah. your wedding, they yeah. spelled Lebanon wrong on their themed balloons, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um... Anyway, the Party City is in the same plaza as the Wendy's. I've done this multiple times now, where you go to the Party City, you get your weird themed balloons, then you go to the Wendy's. It's a whole thing. What's really funny is that she literally has done this multiple times. The BJ's is also in that plaza, so when we go up for lake living, same Uh, deal. We go to BJ's, we go to Wendy's, same, you know... (laughs) It just becomes a circuit, eventually. I weirdly spend a lot of time in West Lebanon, New Hampshire. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but that Wendy's, I had, like, the best chicken nuggets of my life there last time I went up to visit you. Nice. It was really wild. I was like, I wish I'd gotten more than a 10-piece chicken nugget. You know, I have to say, if there is going to be a place in this world that's going to do fast food right, it's going to be West Leb. Sure is. Like, West Leb is a place that knows its way around a fast food joint. The people who work there, this one girl has worked there for years and she's always so positive and nice to me. <laughs> she's like, all right, honey, have a nice day. And I'm like, God. okay, well. Thanks. <laughs> it's a really good time I have. That's so funny. You know where I went on this road trip for the first time in forever that was, like, pure delight. Where? Auntie Anne's. The best pretzels of all time. The best fucking pretzels. I haven't had an Auntie Anne's pretzel since, like, high school, which when we were in high school, the thing to do was to walk to the mall, which was right down the street from our school. So to go to the mall and get an Auntie Anne's pretzel and a lemonade and then dick around for, like, seven hours or however long it took you to drink two large lemonades. Right. That was a universal thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, weird pregnancy cravings. Like, the universe has been telling me to go to Auntie Anne's. And I hate our mall so much. Like, now that I'm not in high school, I refuse to step foot in there. Mm-hmm. 
which is really unfortunate because that's where our target is going. And it's like on the laundry list of reasons why, even though I'm excited we're getting a target, I'm like not at all excited about this target. We'll address that later, I'm sure. We will. I had to explain it to a table full of Southerners, and it was it got very complicated because there's a lot of local drama involved, yeah, yeah. and, like, there's just, like, layers of nuance. So, anywho. Um, so, I haven't gone to the mall to get my pretzel, but I was at a rest stop in upstate New York, and I, as I was walking into the bathroom, I saw there was an Auntie Anne's, and I was like, hot damn, <laughs> there is no way in hell I'm leaving this rest stop in upstate New York. <laughs> nope. Without this fucking pretzel. So I got a cinnamon sugar pretzel and a lemonade. And let me fucking tell you, their lemonade is still the best shit. (laughs) It's like crack juice. I'm so happy for you that you had this experience. It's upsetting, though, because I might have to go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. (laughs) today like i wish that we had uber eats up here because i would like make uber eats go to auntie Anne's so that i could have a pretzel without having to go to the fucking mall do you know where there's an auntie Anne's? where the nashua outlets that we go to oh, i know why have we never gone to the auntie Anne's? unclear but we'll go now wait is there one in Nashua? I thought there was one at Rentham, but not in Nashua. I thought there was one in both, but it could be a Wetzel pretzel, which is a lie, so... Oh, see, if it's that, I don't want that. Right, right. So, we'll see. Ugh, but I'm also on travel restrictions, so it's gonna be, like, months before we go to Nashua again. There are hospitals in Nashua. You'd be fine. My child is not going to be born in Nashua, New Hampshire. Mark me. <laughs> Kirti's biggest fear in this world is not that her child gets born in Canada, but that her child gets born in New Hampshire. My, my child will not be born in New Hampshire. Dear God. I could shuffle you back across the border. I can't believe you would be so cavalier. Listen. We haven't talked about Taco Bell, though. Tell me about how that experience okay. went for you. So, I have been obsessively craving Taco Bell, which is super weird. I had, the last time I had Taco Bell, I was in college, or maybe I got some on my way back from, like, living the first year. But either way, it was, like, a long time ago. You said you were craving it when you left my house when you came for the beer fest. Yeah, well, I I was pregnant then. No, I know, but, like, that was the first, that was, like, the the first alarm. That was when it started. Yeah. I was literally, like, a week pregnant. I didn't even know. And yeah, it started early. This mm-hmm. child has an agenda. Mm-hmm. But I don't even like Taco Bell. Like, my last, like, several experiences with it were at the Cambridge Side Galleria, because I had a roommate who really liked Taco Bell, so we would take the green line out and, like, dick around Cambridge Side and then go to the Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. No. I don't like the Taco Bell. <laughs> and And yet, here we are. <laughs> Here we are, Kirstie's, like, about to embark on her 12-day vacation or whatever, and uh, she's reading me the menu items at Taco Bell, and she's like, loaded burrito with cheese sauce sounds really good. Okay, so here's the thing. Here, This is such a thing. I, I, so every chain place has a specific way in which you order, right? And, like, you have to know your way around the menu to have a successful <laughs> social interaction at the register. But who cares? That's a chain restaurant. Because I hate it when I get, when I don't do it right. And then they start asking me questions and I don't know how to answer the questions because I don't know the menu. Fair, fair, And fair. then it gets, it gets very stressful. Yep, yep. Uh, like, I went to this, uh, a few years ago, I was in Alabama, and I went to this chain down there, um, it's like a local chain, which is, that's like a whole different issue, it's like the local versus, <laughs> versus national chains. Yep. Anywho, it's like a local chain down there. And we're looking at the menu, and I was like, how does, how does ordering work? And my friend kind of like scoffed and rolled her eyes and was like, you just order. And so I went up and I was like, I guess I want you know, the thing. And then there were like 40 questions about like bread and sauces. And I couldn't find any of the information on the menu. And I was just standing there like stuttering. And Uh the people behind the register were like mad at me. So do your research ahead of time. I was on the Taco Bell website, so I would be prepared. (laughs) And you were like, everything sounds good. It all sounded really good. (laughs) And so I went 
<laughs> to a Taco Bell. We were, oh God, it was somewhere outside of Albany. It was less than 24 hours after you left. Yeah. Uh, it was on our way to Albany. So <laughs> I got a Crunchwrap Supreme and I got... <laughs> It's like the words are so humiliating. This is what I hate about chain restaurants is like these stupid words Aww. they make you say. But I got a naked chicken chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. It was a wild naked chicken chalupa. <laughs> that makes it better. It really does. And you know what? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> And I now have a Ziploc bag of Taco Bell fire sauce in the dash of my car for emergencies. <laughs> sure. Sure, 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 sure. So the real struggle here is that the closest Taco Bell that I have is about 45 minutes away and closes at 9 o'clock at night. The next closest one I have is across the lake, like an hour and a half away, but it's open until 2 a.m. Ah. You see? And twice now, my poor, poor husband <laughs> has been a thousand percent game and ready to drive my ass over <laughs> to the 2 a.m. Taco Bell on like a Wednesday. Aww. <laughs> What a poor, innocent newborn baby. I know. And I, I have not taken him up on the offer because it's too nice. Aww. But, yeah. It, also, it's worth noting, I knew the entire time I was eating it that it was disgusting. And I was also here for it. I love that. <laughs> Sometimes it just happens to you. Yep. I also had a really hardcore craving for IHOP for like a week. Yep. And we had one day where we were finally going to do it. So we looked it up on Google and uh, it was supposed to be open until 10. So we went at like 845 and it was supposed to close at nine, but it was already closed. They closed early on me. That is unforgivable. I know. I literally stood outside of the doors of an IHOP and cried. At 8.45 at night on, like, a Wednesday. Did you actually Google, cry? I did cry. Aww. And then my husband drove me over to the grocery store that's in the same parking lot, and he bought me Eggos, and we came home and ate Eggos. It's kind of my dream, but, you know. <laughs> it, was very, it was also very sweet. Aww. But now I'm boycotting IHOP, so boycott IHOP, everybody. Right. We all hate IHOP. We all hate IHOP because they betrayed me. Mm-hmm. They don't have real maple syrup anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, you know what I learned, though? Uh, the location that we have is the only location in the country that sells real maple syrup. And it's because um, the, like, guy from corporate who they interviewed for the article when they opened the IHOP was like, it just seemed wrong to have an IHOP in Vermont and not use real maple syrup. Your people are my people. It's true. It's so, so true. We we are proud to have the only IHOP in the country that serves real maple syrup. Wow. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> any other fast food or Russian spy related content you need to share? The last thing I want to throw out there is I just want to toss some quick shade at like the healthy chain restaurants because fuck you. Sweet green can go to hell. Sweet green, be good. Isn't there one called like chopped or some shit? Get out! Like, get out of here. Like, I can let Subway do their like fitness shit or whatever they're into these days. <laughs> but like, don't try to convince me that a bunch of like wet lettuce made of E. coli sitting out on a line for 10 hours is the same as eating healthy food. Like, I know what you're selling me. You're still a, a fast food restaurant. I'm still going to get heart failure from all the sodium. So take that. <laughs> so there. Ha. Ha. Anyway. <laughs> if you have shade that you would like to throw at chain restaurants, or if you would like to celebrate the joy that was the American season series finale, same thing. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com or hatewatchwithus on Twitter. 
you can also rate and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Same thing. Uh-huh. 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 One of them. <laughs> They're the same. It's fine. Um, and if you want to talk to our friends at Thoughtbubble Audio, you can do that as well at Thoughtbubble Audio FM on Twitter or Thoughtbubble Audio at gmail.com or com. <laughs> we really don't know much, but... <laughs> It's fine. Uh, they it's have a fine. lot of shows, including superhero-related content, and nerd-related content, and Oscar-related content, and other things. So check them out. They're great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to mix it up, you know? You did a good job. Good job, content. Yay, content. Yay, content. This concludes Kelsey's delight in content. Probably forever. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Aww. <sighs> well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hold on. You're fine. I'm judging someone on Facebook. By all means, carry on. <laughs> <laughs>